feel overwhelmed? Talk to a healthcare worker or counselor. Have a plan where to go and how to seek help for physical and mental health needs if required. Need help and support? Please contact us at the hotline 311 psychosocial support at 722-6575 or 518-4157. Brought to you by PAHO, the OECS Commission and UNICEF. The opinions expressed on this TV program by the hosts, co-hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions and responsibility of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of UTV or its affiliates. Welcome to the revolution. It is Thursday, the 18th of June, 2020, and I am your humble host. Not so humble, somewhat humble. I don't know. I can't say a humble servant because that's Richard Frederick's thing. Although, Richard Frederick humble. <laughs> yes, folks. Good afternoon, and thank you for locking in. Those of you locked in on Instagram, UTV124. Those of you locked in on Channel 124, UTV. Yes, things are getting hotter. And of course, those of you locked in on Facebook on UTV, as well as those, as well as those locked in on radio as well. Before I get to the shout-outs, let me give an update on the Revolution t-shirts. Yes, I've gotten a lot of calls. People want me to deliver to their home. Um, people want me to give them t-shirts to sell. People want me to put in Denry, Miku, Castries, Viewfort, um, everywhere in between. Um, but we're working on a strategy there now. We should have um, distribution because we did it before with the Pride T-shirts. Um, Castries, Viewfort, Grosley, Miku, Denry, Soufre, Ancillary. Where we don't have um, outlets as in stores, because don't forget COVID and, and there may not be as many places open, we'll have people who will be giving T-shirts um, that I know that I have links with that, and we'll have island-wide distribution for those of you looking to order for overseas. We're working on that. Um, like I said, I intended to work on that on Monday, but I was incarcerated. So that kind of threw me off my timelines. So just give me one more day, or at least the end of today, so we can sort through all of that. So we'll also be putting an ad on TV and a, a contact number so we can try to get, like I said, the revolution is not me. It's not mine. It's all of us. It's all solutions. So folks, um, I want to get to shout outs. Shout out to the folks down in West Hall, Viewfort locked in. Those in Monier Terrace locked in. Those in Chase Gardens locked in as well as those in Patience, Miku, Tuj, good afternoon to you, Bagatelle, and of course the folks in Bogis, Babono, so those locked in from the St. Jude's Highway, um, in, those in Vidbute as well as Blusha, Miku, good afternoon to you, Rivadori, Chozel, good afternoon to you, I, I, it was only, what, Sunday I saw people playing by the church around there, it was so nice and nostalgic. Unfortunately, I was in an SSU vehicle, so I didn't really get a chance to say hi. Um, 
Rivador, yes. Deramo, good afternoon to you. Folks in Cooley Town, where is the name change? I mean, Guy Joseph takes offense to the word Cooley, and I understand that. But since a name is named Cooley Town, a place is named Cooley Town, do we have to revise the name? And are we going to gentrify it? So instead of the Mung or Manhattan, it's Bruceville. So is Cooley Town going to be changed to something? If so, because there's more than one Cooley Town. Um, but I'm talking about the one in Marigo. Um, What's the deal? What's the new name change or whatever? Or maybe improve the people's standard of living. That might be nice. Folks in St. Vincent, good afternoon to you. Um, Yes, Um, the folks in Denry, big shout-outs going to Failings Bar, uh, Babylon, MacGyver, Eustace, Porgy, Berger, Tiroff, John, Daisha, McCree, Lovely, and oh yes, lovely bedroom. That's a hell of a nickname. Students over in Taiwan locking in every single day. Thank you for your support and viewership. Folks over in San Diego, San Lucian's in San Diego, California, watching. Um, folks in, um, down in Ottawa, folks in Labry. French Row, Miku, good afternoon to you. La Pance locked in. Crocodile Den, that's Mondidor, with all the generals down there. Um, and the folks that are living on the Millennium Highway, good afternoon to you. Marjorie and all the folks in the Daito and the Seaside Senate, long time no see. I'll have to make a round down there. Maybe come down to Denry this weekend, see what's going on on the ground. You know, you really learn a lot when you go into every little pocket community and just let people speak. So, yeah, maybe this is a good weekend to go to Denry. Then I can follow up going to Babono. I want to go everywhere, especially since around the island, at least for me, has proven illegal. I want to make sure that I can exercise my freedoms while I still can. Dr. Secret Boy, how is your party doing? I feel sorry for you because I personally believe the UWP died with John Compton, Sir John, and what is there is just a bastardization of people using the name and symbol of a once proud party for their own nefarious gains. Rose Anna Octave, good afternoon to you. Thank you for always following when I was doing Politically Incorrect and now also as I'm doing The Revolution. Um, and to the entire Sajid Singh family, where you're at, and VG, good afternoon to you. Folks in Atlanta, folks in New Village, Comfort Bay, the retirees there, thank you for locking in. Latony Viewfort, thank you for locking in. Shoutouts going out to Johnny McNamara, as well as the folks over at West Indies General, that would be Harvey Alfors, Jermaine, Celeste Charmaine, and all the rest, Leah, and so on. Thank you very much. For all your support, and you all know how much you all have had to baby me um, over the years, especially Whitworth Francis, a.k.a. Dada, and all the folks at Arundel Hill. Good afternoon to all of you. Folks in New Jersey locked in, as well as Miss Daphne of Debril Chouzel. Uh, great shout out to you. Thank you so much for your viewership. Folks in Guyabois, Palme Souffre, Agard, P.I. Chouzel. Thank you very much for locking in. Folks tuned in from Concrete Road in Bonte Gardens at the back of Bonte. Folks locked in from Dominica, Jamaica, Ottawa, um, Grass Street, Godwin and the guys down there, as well as the people up in Foa Show. Shoutouts going to a wonderful mom, Josephine Joseph, a.k.a. Sister Rose of Independence City. Also to some great sisters, Merlin Bernard of Rockhall, Sylvia of the United States, Beverly Lawrenson of Balata, and Cecilia Guidari of Inglewoods Inn in Grand Riviere from Gina in Beausage-Groselais. Yep, thank you very much for all of the support 
Folks, um, you know, they tell you, you know who your friends are when times are dark and when you're sitting by yourself in some serious situations. I can only, again, thank everyone for the support that I've gotten and um, for the strength of my parents and my daughter. Ah, yeah, yep, 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 yep. So, folks, where should we start? The saying is, those who do not know their history are doomed to repeat it. And while people talk about teaching solution history in schools, one of the things that is tragic is that we also have a short-term memory loss or shorter-term memory loss because we don't even remember things from five years ago or ten years ago. Unless you acutely following what's going on in solution, a particular area, agriculture, tourism, you know, um, weather or law, or, or that's your fraternity, whether it's sports or it is cooking, or whatever it is, what's happening in your community, you don't really know, or you don't really follow. Well, folks, today we're going to count to four. We're going to count to four, and we're going to show you that history is sadly repeating itself, and we are the ones paying for it. And I'm going to let you start off by playing for you something that's on YouTube from elections past. It's called the Black Bay Land Scandal. And I want you to pay close attention to the lands, pay close attention to the fact that one piece of land was on one side of the island and the other was on the other side of the island. And then I'm going to give you the updates as to how it's happened again. But sometimes the truth is just the truth. In 2006, St. Lucia, the number one rated place to do business in the Caribbean, under the Kenny Anthony administration, was approached by hotel developers wanting to build a resort. The Labour government told them, buy the land, 220 acres, and build the hotel. Simple, straightforward, one plus one. In 2008, the Stevenson King administration took one plus one and then lost completely on a $60 million investment, over 500 acres of land, and their new favorite toy, the Queen's Chain. Well, for whatever reasons, ulterior motives, or conflicts of interest, the Stevenson King government decided that they wanted shares in the hotel development. So much so, that they decided to take all of the lands and vest them in NDC to get these shares. So, on top of the original land offer, they added this, 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 and this. Yes, actually all of Black Bay in library. Then they added this and this. Yes, Asnoir River and all, Black Bay in Viewfort. And then they went out and acquired even more land. This, 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 and this. Protected lands, Amerindian dig sites, Honeymoon Beach, another 260 acres, and in good old Miku. Yes, on the other coast.
then this UWP government took all of these lands and left them unprotected in order to sweeten their side of the deal as collateral months into the middle of a global economic crisis. The hotel developer was then allowed to mortgage the lands in order to finance the hotel development to the tune of over $60 million. So, the UWP government, NDC, and Roebuck Properties all tied together, watched their bank in Iceland, Kupthing, Singer, and Friedlander Limited collapse. Investors defaulted on their loan payments. And now, yes, right now, buyers of the Iceland Bank's assets want to dispose of the land. Yes, dispose of the lands so that they can get their money back. 510 acres lost. Four miles of shoreline lost. Queen's Chain lost almost a full square mile of our little 238 lost more land than the entire Hironora airport lost and over 60 million dollar investment lost seven times the size of downtown Castries or about the size of Rodney Bay Radwee Park Rodney Heights and Bonte combined lost Cabinet conclusions, all of them, all of them involved. Was it greed, incompetence, arrogance? Did anybody benefit behind the scenes? Well, they can say whatever they want, play it, spin it, but Stevenson King and his entire cabinet have needlessly lost 510 acres of St. Lucian land and they have no control over what happens to it. And as a tourism project championed by none other than the then Minister of Tourism, Alan Shastny, they vested the lands to sweeten the deal as opposed to having the investor buy the lands and so on because they wanted to prove to Kenny Anthony and so on that, that they could do the deal differently because they're all in this Rochamel stuff. And that in and of itself has been tragically misunderstood. But it's okay because here we are today. So after losing that, those lands, the Labour government came in and had to buy back the St. Lucian lands. Almost a full square mile of St. Lucia had to be bought back. And at a time where Kenny Anthony also had to try to finish St. Jude's because no funding was left or identified source of funding was there, and $26 million walked out of the door under the Stevenson King administration in direct awards to Concreto, just before the elections, and three months later, he couldn't pay his staff. Um, that left Kenny Anthony having to find money to finish St. Jude's, to continue working on St. Jude's, while at the same time also needing to find money to buy back the Black Bay lands and Ritz-Carlton. So that was Chastney's big project. And then he went <laughs> and lost it and the Stevenson King and so on, for how they sweetened the deal, how they did it. They added lands over in Canals as well as in Asnoir and Black Bay. So then comes the range, which is a Labour Party negotiated project that was coming. The people were legitimate. They built hotels in other islands like St. Vincent and Grenada. And somehow Chastney managed to screw that up as well. 
but this time as Prime Minister. Indirect economic impact of the hotel will be felt across St. Lucia, um, with twice this number of people being employed supporting the hotel operations. It's, it's core to us, it's part of our ethos to ensure that the economic impact of this hotel is not just felt on the 40-acre site. We really want the whole island to benefit from the economic impact that this hotel will create. And we're here to work with the local communities, the wider communities, um, to ensure they can benefit from the, the hotel to the fullest potential. Um, we will have failed in our endeavors if this hotel is not staffed at the highest level with individuals from St. Lucia, um, and is not being uh, an integral part of the, the economy, both of the south of the island and, and across the island. Prime Minister Alan Chastney expressed that he is pleased with the project coming on stream. He said there have been many advancements in Senusha's development on an international scale. Prime Minister Alan Chastney admits that there were missteps in the citizenship by investment program aspect of the Black Bay Master Development Project in Black Bay View Fort by Range Developments. Critics allege that changes to the CIP by the current UWP administration may have unwittingly placed the investors at a disadvantage. It all centers on the real estate option, given the decision to reduce the minimum investment requirement for CIP approval to $100,000. Reports indicate that the investors are now on the fence. During his rebuttal on the appropriations bill, the Prime Minister issued a mere culpa of sorts. Because of those administrative difficulties, um, we have had to put a pause on the Ritz-Carlton project, and we're hoping that in July that the developer and ourselves are going to be able to re-sit back down to restart the project. We are in discussions with Range, and I would say to you that the chances are that the Range project with Range may not proceed. Um, within the next 21 days that we will know um, whether that has been finalized or not. But the good news is that we have a lot of other developers waiting in the line for the Black Bay project. We start tonight with a development in the Black Bay Land Saga, according to a June 28th article by the Investment Migration Insider. Range Development, the company involved in the Black Bay Hotel project, has issued an ultimatum to the government of St. Lucia. Pay up the money invested or expect a lawsuit. Joachim Duplessis begins our reporting this evening. Range Developments is pulling out of St. Lucia, but not before recouping every investment dollar put in on the ill-fated Ritz-Carlton Hotel project, which was earmarked for construction in Black Bay. We also had learned that in pursuance of the agreement with Range, the developer had brought in about 250 CIP applicants. Given each donation is U.S. $100,000, Unless commissions, the developer expected about $20 million U.S. to be available. We asked then, why was the money not available to the developer? And of course, where is the CIP money? Hiller also noted that in light of this, the opposition has requested definitive measures to be taken by the government of St. Lucia. Accordingly, the Labour Party called for the following. One that the Minister of Responsibility for Investment, Honorable Bradley Felix, and Mr. Pinkley Francis, Chairman of Invest St. Lucia, to make a public statement on the range development. Two, that the Prime Minister account for the CIP monies which had been earned since the launch of the program. And the government is actually paying a total of 5.4 million EC dollars to uh, the range developer in commission. And so that's part of the development. And so when you look at 
the value of the land 6.75 and the commission owed to range 5.4 million you see already uh, that there is a total of about 12 million dollars which we would have had to pay for the land and commission in CIP sales. Mr. Hilaire continues to be true to form. He's a false prophet that spreads heresy. Um, I also need to tell you that um, the discussions with Range have been very amicable. We have a joint statement which will be coming out a little later. And that in that joint statement, the general public will have all of the details as it pertains to the development and they will see that the government of St. Lucia is not paying anywhere near 20 million EC dollars. <laughs> I also need to tell you that um, it's actually going to cost the government um, a net gain of about 21.6 million Eastern Caribbean dollars. So sadly, St. Lucia has the unenviable reputation of having a Prime Minister who is the first to ever lose the same lands, the Black Bay lands, to the same and have the same company, not Range, but the company Ritz-Carlton who was going to operate it. Range is going to build it and have Ritz-Carlton operate it. Chastney is the first leader to have lost the same lands twice with the same operator. And what's worse is, after we paid $60 million for it the first time, to settle with the range who took our money from our CIP and went and built over in Grenada, we had to pay another $30 million, what Fede refers to as a net gain. So Chastney has already distinguished himself as being so bad with regard to investment, bringing investment into the country, that he literally lost the same land in Black Bay twice. But it gets worse. We're waiting for official notice of the groundbreaking day for the Canals project. A galaxy project. So this is a project at Canals. It's a 350-room, uh, two hotels, Zoetry and Dreams, two different brands. And that will um, take place. The drawings have been completed, approved by the management company, Apple Leisure Group. And a local architect is about to endorse those drawings and present them on behalf of the investor to DCA for approval. Uh, we should see construction and that starting in January as well. We also own American Express Vacations. 
and they just recently, two weeks ago, um, acquired Mark Travel. So Mark Travel handles Southwest Vacations and also handles United Vacations. It's a huge company. And in addition to the tour operating side of their business and the retail side of their business, they also own a, a brand called AM Resorts. Um, AM Resorts owns Dreams and Secrets and Zoetry. Um, I think they have like five or six different brands that they're doing. So we went to meet with them um, and with a developer called Galaxy. So Galaxy is a company that currently is uh, constructing a 400-room hotel. I think it is either 350 or 400 rooms in St. Kitts under a Ramada brand. Um, and so they have uh, agreed um, to sign um, the management contract to AM Resorts. And so we got to witness the, the, the signing between Galaxy as well uh, with AM Resorts. And that's a project that is going to be in Canals in the Honeymoon Beach uh, development. So that's further progress on that development. We're hoping um, that the plans can be finalized um, before the end of this year and that we can actually physically see um, construction and clearing of the site. So they're looking to do 350-room hotel as well as 350 villas on that development. More development coming to the south of the island as government breaks ground for the Canals Resort. The time frame between when a developer shows interest in your opportunities and the beginning of the project averages anywhere from two to seven years, and that is a global figure. It is therefore quite an achievement that after less than two years of indication of interest from the developers, that we are now here signing the beginning of this project. CIP-approved real estate projects around the region have not fared well with mixed results in some countries. While the government of St. Lucia has expressed faith in Galaxy Real Estate, the company has encountered challenges in other territories. For example, in St. Kitts, the much-talked-about Ramada by Wyndham Resorts by Galaxy Real Estate, which has been under development since 2014, has yet to be completed with a revised opening date set for the first half of 2020. So we went down the list of all the things that people wanted, healthcare, education, infrastructure, job opportunities, entrepreneurship, to be international, to earn an income that was high enough that I could travel around the world. However, it should be noted that many of the CIP real estate projects in the Caribbean have been fraught with challenges. According to Investment Migration Insider, which has developed a tracking tool to keep tabs on such developments, quote, too many CBI-approved projects either never get off the drawing board, grind to a halt, or aren't completed on time. In some cases, developers engage in downright fraud by collecting investments without building anything at all. We have become uh, a government that is evidence-based. I, look, I think that they have an amazing project in, in St. Kitts. Um, we've sent people up to see it. It's fairly far advanced. Um, and the Galax people are, seem very well financed. Um, and I'm, hopeful, I'm grateful, one, that they've chosen to come to St. Lucia. Um, two, I'm very grateful that they've been able to now step in um, to the project in Canals. And I'm looking forward to seeing that project start. Are you comfortable with the investment? I am. We're also in very advanced stages. Um, the plans have now been submitted to the DCA and they're currently conducting their EIA at the property that we know as Honeymoon Beach. Um, that is being done by a group called Galaxy. Um, Galaxy currently are constructing a property in St. Kitts 
called the Ramada. TIP-approved real estate projects around the region have not fared well with mixed results in some countries. While the government of St. Lucia has expressed faith in Galaxy Real Estate, the company has encountered challenges in other territories. For example, in St. Kitts, Alex people are, seem very well financed. According to Investments Migration Insider, which has developed a tracking tool to keep tabs on such developments, quote, too many CBI-approved projects either never get off the drawing board, grind to a halt, or aren't completed on time. In some cases, developers engage in downright fraud by collecting investments without building anything at all. Now, sadly, this project, this project, and you know, one of the things that has been bandied about, terms like developer and investor. If you come to St. Lucia and I give you my passports to sell, right? that doesn't make you a developer, that makes you an agent. It doesn't make you an investor, it makes you an agent. Now, there's almost a level of discrimination there as well because why can't St. Lucians go and sell passports overseas. You may have solutions who are based in countries like Russia. There are solutions in Russia. There are solutions in the Middle East. There are solutions in Dubai. All these places, UAE, what happened? But it always has to be some foreigner that comes, and we call them a developer or an investor. Well, folks, I want you to note now, I said a while ago that Chastney was the first prime minister in our history to lose the Black Bay lands twice even with the same hotel operator that's supposed to be suggested, Ritz-Carlton. As of right now, I can confirm to you that the Canals project is dead as well. This Galaxy project is not going anywhere. The people, unfortunately, Chastney, you know, in West St. Lucia, the land was involved, 200 acres of land. Now remember that when the Black Bay land scandal, that they also added Canals the last time. So folks now, with these 200 acres, 200 acres is about a third of a square mile. So in other words, St. Lucia is no longer 238, it's 237 and two-thirds, right? An acre, a square mile is 640 acres. So folks, remember I said we're learning four things? It's not two. Shastney has now lost Black Bay twice and now Canals twice. And once again, we are going to have to work out how to get Honeymoon Beach back, thanks to Shastney, doing the same thing, losing the same lands, twice. So that's Black Bay and Canals that Shastney lost once as Minister of Tourism and now has lost a second time as Prime Minister. Which means that if we have to get back Honeymoon Beach and Canals, Whichever administration, be it Labour or God forbid, in fact, let me not say that, a continuation of Chastney as leader, but I, if the UWP stays in and Chastney is not the leader, then I don't have a problem, right? But they would still have to once again, like Kenny Anthony had to do in cleaning up the mess of Black Bay and Canals the last time, now we would have to buy back the lands, 200 acres. So once uh, these people also, we have no idea what the status of Galaxy in terms of how many passports they have sold. We have no idea who they have sold to. We have no idea what the, what the terms and conditions are for the rest of this arrangement now that they have basically collapsed 
And don't forget, they still haven't finished the hotel in St. Kitts. From 2014 to 2020, they still haven't finished the hotel in St. Kitts. That is an abandoned site that Chastney called fairly far advanced. And he sent people up to see it while he himself was in St. Kitts for a CBI forum, Citizenship by Investment Forum. So once again, those who are not cognizant or those who do not know their history are doomed to repeat it. So we put the same man in an even more powerful position, and he literally lost Black Bay once as tourism minister, and then lost it twice now as prime minister, and he's also lost Canel's honeymoon beach in his constituency. He has just lost 200 acres twice. He has just done that. But don't worry, don't worry. There's always the pipe dreams. For all those who like to drink the pee, and say that it's apple juice. You know, they give you pee to drink. UWP give you pee to drink, but they tell you it's apple juice. You can always believe that even though Miku South is an agricultural and farming community that cannot get help, proper help, consistent help with regard to the, sea, the seaweed, the sargassum seaweed problem. They cannot get help with that. They cannot get consistent help with water and irrigation for the farmers. But he can give them a water park. So I'll leave all those who like to believe in all of the renderings and everything with an update for the water park so you can see how advanced it is. It will be delivered before elections, I am sure, or I'm sure when you return him to office as prime minister, he will finish it off in quick, fast, in a hurry, just like Galaxy, just like the Range, just like Black Bay, just like Canals and Honeymoon Beach. So here's your update. What I'm trying to say to you is sometimes you see those projects and, you know, people always put them together and say that, you know, election, because election is coming and all that. Yeah. And I know you didn't even have time to talk about your constituency. Next time, I hope when you come in. Well, you have to come down. I, you know, I really big up to them. Yeah. They're going to have a first water park wow. um, in St. Lucia in, in, uh, in Bosha. Yeah. I'm yeah. very, very excited. What I'm trying to say to you is sometimes you see those projects and, you know, people always put them together and say that, you know, election, because election is coming and all that. Yeah. And I know you didn't even have time to talk about your constituency next time i hope when you come in well you have to come down i you know i really big up to them yeah. they're going to have a first water park wow um in St. Lucia in in uh, in Bosha. yeah i'm um, yeah. very very cette lici ka registre vers min corona et i ka fait mouvement et quand chai vite stan chaque canef Kakouye pour vigilance publique là, fait wolou, parler en place publique, kombolame, base, tiboutique, changer, distance sociale, six pieds, rodionalot, ikatwa vaitan, si ou senti kou pa cordial, quarantine kou, partware contact et pilot. En cas où tu es exposé, c'est un écouillé free one one au ben n'importe clinique qui opère. Les pays à dimiaclé, ça veut dire les supermarchés, pharmacies et piétiens, yo accessible avant cette soirée. Pays à clé en plein, ça veut dire tout bagaille fermé à 24 heures. C'est vie protocole. Comme sorti par bureau indication santé, nous tout ensemble ça sauvé vers min corona. Si nous toutes servi jidla 
à toutes les. But children are safe, no? Hold up. Children are actually more likely to touch all kinds of surfaces, put their hands on their mouths and their eyes, or sneeze and cough with little thought about hygiene when around others. While children have been seen to recover well from this virus, they can easily spread it to those more at risk, like the elderly or ill persons who have a weaker immune system. Teach the little ones in your care to be little powerhouses of infection prevention. Keep reminding them, wash, wash, wash your hands. Cover your mouth with tissue or your inner elbow when you sneeze and cough. And be sure to praise them when you see them taking these precautions. Our health is in our hands. Together, through simple actions, we can stop the spread of coronavirus. This message was brought to you by the Bureau of Health Education of the Ministry of Health and Wellness. You're watching UTV, TV for you. Welcome back to The Revolution and thank you for staying tuned. Now, we cannot ignore what people are talking about. So let's go to Street Vibes from HDS one time. Police handling of the recent protests and campaign activities is coming under sharp scrutiny, with some complaining that they have failed to be even-handed and consistent in policing events given the state of emergency. So we ask, should the police be more stringent in enforcing the state of emergency regardless of the group's political organizations or persons involved? We tally the numbers on our voting platforms, and here is how you voted. 67% said yes, 25% said no, and 8% didn't know. We also took to the streets to get your opinion, and here's what you had to say. When anything happened, you know, there are two set of people you call in, either the doctors or the police. The police must do what they're supposed to do, and they must put all politicians aside and do the work they're supposed to do. Certainly not. I believe, yes, they, they, they could have been more firm. And what, and what is good for the geese is good for the gander. It's like the law applies to one set and it doesn't apply to the other set. And the police have been overworked, working long hours. So I believe some of them, they are tired, genuinely. But they need to be a bit more consistent in the way they carry out their duty. They're doing their job. They are, they are for some people and they are not for some. I don't like what they're doing. The police are doing no good job. I'm McFarlane and I don't like what they're doing. Um, I mean, the police officers are getting tired and they need to rotate them so they could be more consistent with their job. And 
most of all they're targeting only one set of people they need to target everybody for instance Christopher Hunt they only arrested him they need to target the other people that's involved in that same particular activity so it's something biased that's going on right now there no, they're not discussing their duties the right way because they're biased. If they're targeting one, they're supposed to be targeting all. And they're supposed to set the example for all of us, not the media alone. No, uh, my brother, I would say no, because why I think that the police are working, they're, they're, they're overworked, you know, and they're tired and, they're, and they, they have been pushed to do what they're not supposed to do. And I think that they, they have to all, 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 I would say that they have to look all, um, all over again, you know, and correct their mistakes. Because they, 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 they do the wrong things. Because when I look at a lot of the police, I look at them and I see that they're given orders from hierarchies and they carry it. They carry their duties, the orders they're given. And you can see they do it against their own will because they cannot explain it. For example, what I saw, what I saw on Sunday, oh boy, it's out of it. If, if it has to continue that way, a lot of things are going to happen in St. Lucia. And uh, it is favoritism. They're doing it just because, the way I see it, they favor this, they don't favor me, is a police harassment for me, because they don't favor me. In my personal opinion, what I can say is you have certain instances where the police seem to be a bit biased. For example, they would come and meet the common man and they would use a certain level of force, and if he's, I, I would call it a, a man that's higher in society, they would probably just pay no mind or speak to him calmly. So I think they have a level of biasness. Now what passes strange for me is that all over the world, particularly right now with this George Floyd situation, all the way to Australia with the Aborigines and all these countries over the world and Black Lives Matter and everything, conscientious policing and, and the opposite in terms of Profiling is under scrutiny. Laws are being enacted. People are talking about defunding the police. And anybody that was on the ground on Sunday could tell you the police were not happy to be ordered to do what they were doing. Everybody can see that the police are overworked, underpaid, not getting the resources that they need, not getting the respect that, they, that is due to them. But again, there is a hierarchy. And the funny thing or strange or sad or peculiar thing is that they are actually telling you that they do single out people. Some quarters that the police force seem to have singled out individuals. Yes, the answer to that is yes and no. Um, simply again, I'm referring back to the, um, the act, public order act. It gives the police the power to go to the persons who they believe have organized that event. So you are singling out them, first of all. Um, I know persons are saying why um, it started with Richard, but Richard was not uh, arrested. But what did he do? He came there, and persons, and that is the report I got from the commander on the ground, that he came there and said, hey, the police has not given us permission, so we are not, we are not going to have this Motorcade. So leave, go to your homes, it was said. So he has taken himself over, but somebody else take, take it over. So apparently, the whole part about impartiality and applying the law, the same way as if you're in Kappa State, as if you're in Marsha, the things that we suspected that people will be looking to treat tourists differently from locals, 
blacks differently from whites. And we have these problems going on in the United States and in Europe and all over the world. In St. Lucia, not only is it no different in the bad way, but even worse than that is that it's actually, according to him, that is how they want them to apply the law, according to their discretion. So it's in the absolute discretion of the officer on the ground who he or she wants to select, irrespective of who commits the crime. So if five people commit a crime and you want to single out one, or if nobody commits a crime but you want to interpret the law how you want to, wow, isn't that scary, St. Lucia? And then now comes our political biases. Police force respond to the claim that the force has fallen victim to political interference and officers are acting on the whims of those in power. There have been several criticisms of the considerable use of police resources <coughs> on Sunday. Um, as I, I well, I think I have touched on the need for the police resources, but let me inform again that at no time that the police uh, is acting based on um, information or based on directives from any political um, individual. It has not happened and it will not happen and I don't think there's any intention for it to happen. Um, there is an event. The duty of the police is to protect lives and property and that is what we would do. If we are aware that there is an event, whether it is um, authorized or not, as I said, based on your threat assessment, you will know how many persons you need to police uh, that event. And this is what we will continue to do. So to my mind, it's either that the senior, the senior police officials who are the administrative arm of the police force would be guided by policy directives from a cabinet. Now, it's either that they are being politically directed to do what it is that they are doing, or if not, they themselves have their own political bias which is manifesting itself in how they deal with situations on the ground. Or it could be a combination of the two. But just in case I'm stupid, let's go to an arbitrary source and say, well, let's go to Google and let's see what political discrimination is, just in case I am making stuff up. Political belief or activity is political discrimination, is treating or proposing to treat someone unfavorably because of a personal characteristic protected by the law. This includes bullying someone because of a protected characteristic, if it takes part in or refuses to take part in a political action. Okay, so let's try to apply that. And you can be the judge, St. Lucia. Um, you, I think you can figure out my thoughts by now. So let's go back to Sunday and let's listen to the assistant um, commissioner Police. police need to realize justice must be for one and justice for all. And when you see politicians out there going in different constituencies, campaigning and having their gathering in restaurants, etc., why they do go and arrest these people? And why they do um, consider sanctions? And those people breaking the law? Let's also review an incident from Sunday's anti-government rally where three individuals enthusiastically pressed Assistant Commissioner of Police, Wayne Shallery, on that same matter. I was trying to show you that right now you said that you do not, you have not seen where Prime Minister Shastney was in polio. No, no, no. I have it here on my phone, so I could show it to you. I have it 
have all your hair on my Hold phone on. so I can Hold show on. it to you. My words were okay. I have not confirmed it. You have not confirmed it. Oh, oh, but heck, no, you can, it can no, help no. you confirm. Whatever happened earlier, okay? Does not have a bearing on what is happening now. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Now, if it does, hold on. Eh? If it does, do you believe it does? It then, hold on. The Prime Minister no, made the regulation. Can I, can I finish? He made the regulation. Can I, can I, and he broke them. Can I finish? Both in Ancillary, in Orleans. Then, Sufre, the law simply cannot be enforced selectively. When we are showing you a precedent set by the Prime Minister, you are saying you cannot confirm it. And here are your words. Now you won't even look at the video. Hold on, I have not said I'm not looking at it. I have not said I have not seen it. I'll tell you I have not confirmed this credibility now. And yet in ancillary, people were complaining in vehicles and on the, on the road that they were being asked to turn back because they were perceived to be political. Some said you couldn't pass if you were wearing red. Others said that you couldn't pass if you looked like you were a Labour Party supporter. I don't know what that particular look is. But that can't be true, can it? <laughs> Directives from the Prime Minister, the Minister for National Security, the Cabinet of Ministers, or it is the, the political bias of the actual senior law enforcement officials, we will probably never know. But if it is a matter of political discrimination, there are two main parties in St. Lucia of which the United Workers' Party, which came is about 60 years old, their party color since independence is yellow, and St. Lucia's oldest party, whose original color was blue, and the original symbol was a teacup, um, but since independence was red and is a star, that would be the Labour Party. It's one thing if it is inferred. It's another thing if it is people observing and they themselves thinking to themselves that this is some sort of bias, but that's what's in your own mind. 
But what happens when it gets written down? So let's go to Denry and let's show that first photo of the station, the station daily diary. And if that looks a bit, I'm just making sure we have that for authentic, authentication, right? So you can see the station daily diary. Let's take the next photo so that we can show. No, the other one. Let's right station daily diary midnight, and this is the 14th. That's the Sunday, my mom's birthday, right? There you see, Denry District, the second district, midnight serial number, reference number, time of entry, and so on. And last but not least, let's look at what is written in there. 11.21 a.m. Note, by order of ACP Shari, all vehicles with persons dressed in red should be diverted back to Castries. I'm reading that again. Note, by order of ACP Shari, sorry, DCP, Deputy Police, Commissioner of Police, um, all vehicles with persons dressed in red should be diverted back to Castries. So, forget political. What happens if there's an emergency and somebody broke their leg or somebody got into a car accident and the people happen to be wearing red t-shirts or have a red rag or red short pants or red dress and they needed to get down to St. Jude's and they were coming from, I don't know, Bexar or they're coming down the Badlil or what. Folks, we are making light of something that if the roles were reversed and Kenny Anthony were doing this, if it was a former police commissioner, Osbert Regis or anybody else, we would be screaming. Folks, do you realize the implications of what is being unearthed here? This is the revolution. Stay tuned. Hello. Today, let's talk about physical physical, physical, why we need it, and what does it mean. Physical distancing is deliberately increasing the physical space between people to avoid the spreading of an infectious illness. In this case, the new coronavirus, also known as COVID-19. <laughs> this virus spreads from person to person through a sneeze or a cough or even through talking. The droplets from a sneeze, cough or loud speech flow through the air before settling on surfaces like your countertops, tables, doorknobs, keys or your mobile phones. It can even be breathed in if you are close enough to a person who has the virus. The virus then waits for an opportunity to be passed on to the next person you come into contact with. Staying six feet away from others is the best distance to avoid any spread of the virus from one person to the next. If you're waiting in line at the supermarket or the bank, Follow the markers set on the floor to try to visualize a six-foot distance from the person in front of you and wait there, even outside of the building. Why? Well, if everyone practices physical distancing, we can help prevent the spread of COVID-19 as the chances of passing it on to another person is reduced. Physical distancing also means that we do the following. Avoid contact with someone who is displaying symptoms of COVID-19. 
These symptoms include cough, sneeze, sore throat and fever. Avoid the unnecessary use of public transportation as you should be going out only when required. If unavoidable, travel with less people. Work from home wherever possible. Avoid social gatherings at bars, restaurants, as well as going to fests and casual lines as the infection spreads easily when people gather together. Since you should not be gathering with friends and family, you can still remain in touch by giving a call, connecting online or through social media. Unless it is absolutely necessary, you should not be visiting older relatives as they are one of the groups most vulnerable to COVID-19. <laughs> By these simple actions, we can all make a big impact to reduce the spread of COVID-19 on our St. Lucia. Welcome back to the revolution. In our final segment, I want us to turn the mirror onto ourselves and focus on the pluralistic ignorance of, it's not even a political thing, it's just the abject nature of the situation. We are supposed to get leadership in times of crisis. I give the government full credit, particularly the CMO and the health officials when it comes to handling of the COVID crisis in terms of the healthcare aspect. But when it comes to the government, they have been nothing like what they have been when it has come to the health sector aspect of it. The economic crisis is at a tipping point of basically collapse in many sectors in St. Lucia. And when I speak about pluralistic ignorance, I get people having their pride and their dignity and people suffering in silence. But it's not even just the 10 to 15,000 people who work in hotels. The taxi drivers who haven't made a dollar for three to four months and are being asked to reapply and to be retrained with no guarantees. St. Lucian's now being asked to get licenses and to pay licenses to do hairdressing, to make black pudding. Now if you have an apartment, they want to charge you $100,000 or four years in jail or both if you don't register village tourism, whatever, 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 Airbnb. So it's bad enough that the government is not helping you, but they're actually trying to squeeze you in a, such an unprecedentedly bad time in the middle of a global pandemic. Now, some people have savings more than others, but even if you're a millionaire, even if you're a multimillionaire, the uncertainty of it all must be crippling because an economy runs on confidence. If people are confident that the dollar they spend, they can earn another tomorrow, next week or next month, then they will go out and eat, drink. 
They will go out and buy groceries, buy cars, they will buy homes, they will build businesses, they will educate themselves, they will do all things in society, run on confidence, to go out and play sports, to be confident that you can get a bus to go home, to come back, to have enough money to buy a pair of shoes and know that you'll still be able to buy groceries. To know that if you want to jump carnival, you can do it. And if you want to go to church and give an offering, sow a seed, whatever it is, you can do it. An economy runs on confidence. And confidence comes from competence. Sadly, with an, a government that's leader is saying that he likes to be counterintuitive or that this government is counterintuitive, at a time where there needs to be clarity and leadership, it's not happening. And it's crippling the country that we have no sense of direction while the Prime Minister seems preoccupied with trying to do some sort of clandestine election so that as soon as he wins, then he can do what he wants to do with the public service, do what he wants to do with the IMF and structural adjustment, continue with the FFF, wealth inequality gap, exploding and all leaving people in squalor. Solutions are hurting. Those who you think are rich are hurting. Those who are not rich are hurting. Everybody in between. Not only because of having to dip into their savings, because they can't operate their businesses, because they have to let go staff. People in St. Lucia literally cannot find money to buy food right now. But you know what the worst part is? People are speaking as diplomatically as they can. They are screaming silently. They are doing their best. But somebody isn't listening. June marks three months since the imposition of draconian lockdown measures to curb the spread of COVID-19. Now that the island has gradually eased some of the stringent protocols to counter the public health threat, the economic fallout, which reared its ugly head in the early stages, continues to escalate appreciably. Spokesperson for Independent Restaurants and Managing Director, Buzz Restaurant, Matthew Hartman, says the sector is feeling the pangs of the crisis and is calling for financial support. We are, as you know, um, restaurants are cash businesses. Uh, as a cash business, we do not have large amounts of holding cash. We, ha- we have cash flow which facilitates our business. And as a result, we're, we've been closed three months. Uh, we're in critical position. Most people are in critical position. So uh, at this point, if revenues are not forthcoming, we're going to need the government to assist us. We are asking that the government financially assist through a stimulus package or whatever mechanism they see viable to be able to sustain ourselves so we can get back on our feet post-COVID. The timeline for the stimulus package, according to Hartman, is now. Immediately, as, as soon as possible. Um, we cannot wait any longer. I, I, I'll paint you a picture. Um, we're, we're the hospitality industry, uh, the analogy I like to use, is an ecosystem of sorts. And this ecosystem, like any other ecosystem, requires fine balance between all the moving parts. Now, as we know in biology, if we take one organism or a group of organisms out of that ecosystem, the ecosystem collapses. We are on the, we are on the brink of collapse right now in our industry, literally on the brink. If our, if our industry goes, it's a domino effect. One by one, the rest of the um, um, industry will fall apart, our hospitality industry. We cannot afford to let that happen. Another immediate concern is the prescribed health protocols for operations at restaurants. Hartman is calling for clarity and consistency.
The biggest one, as we all know already, is social distancing in terms of table spacing, how you space tables away and keep people as far apart as possible whilst still being able to have a dining experience. The, the, the simple fact is this impacts most restaurants by about 50%. They lose 50% of their tables. Um, in, in, my, uh, in my circumstance, for instance, uh, you will notice that we have cemented tables outside in our, in our garden area, our courtyard area. These are well over eight feet apart. And uh, when we were inspected, we were told we would not be able to open our outside uh, facility, which is probably the most inviting part of our restaurant, um, because it constituted public gathering. So these kind of protocols, um, we think, need to be addressed and done on a case-by-case basis, um, like I said, with consultation with us, which allows us to be able to, one, facilitate business and make money, and two, keep everyone safe. Hartman says the independent restaurant sector intends to seek an audience with the authorities to dialogue on a possible revision of corporate taxes, VAT and duties on imports for the future survival of the sector. So restaurants are on the brink, just like many other small businesses and not so small businesses. Even the banks are literally sitting there knowing that nothing ain't going to run until maybe six months to a year from now. The government still refuses to give stimulus like all the other countries have in the OECS and even other countries like Jamaica and not just Barbados that have had that under IMF structural adjustment programs, they have given stimulus, right? Some have even given bonuses to their frontline staff, first responders, firemen, nurses, doctors. But hey, hey, nope, no sir. We can give corporate social welfare to the rich, and our friends and family and the foreigners that we select. But when it comes to the average solution, the average solution business owner, you are not even a second-class citizen in your own country. You are no-class citizen in your own country. And while these restaurants are on the brink, all of their workers have been laid off at home. Nobody knows how they're paying their lights, their rent. Even if there's an amnesty, nobody knows the way forward. There's no sense of security or saying at least there's a plan. Nothing. If NIC is the only one taking any kind of leadership role, even with that massive bottleneck that they've taken, then NIC should be the government and the government should go home because they're not leading. They're greeting, but they're not leading. And what's going to happen to Mr. Hartman there? is he has spoken as politely as he can. And anybody that knows him, if you've ever met him, this is one of the most positive, encouraging people you'll ever see. He will never meet you and not speak to you and give you some sort of encouragement. And yet he is telling you what the feeling is of many of the restaurateurs in St. Lucia. But you know what's going to happen? Let him speak tomorrow or say anything again. And they'll start posting on Facebook all kind of nasty things about him. Say he's political when he's not. Because that's what they do. How you mean? Adrian Oje just said, a massy bag. And look at what happened to him. He got savaged all over again. Enough is enough. Time for a rational reopening. This is the title of a comprehensive piece by independent Senator Dr. Adrian Oje. A development economist, Dr. Auger provides an in-depth analysis of what he foresees as the dismal fiscal situation facing the island and calls for bureaucracy to take a back seat and problem-solving skills and pragmatism to take precedent. Auger paints the picture of an economy on the brink of collapse. To be looking now down the road at July, 
and August and September, which are not particularly active months, especially in the absence of, say, a booster for us like Carnival or um, Jazz, which we also lost, and not knowing. I think that is part of the great dilemma, not knowing what is to come because there's a lack of clarity. Um, then one starts to be very anxious. Uh, as a business, you're anxious, and of course that anxiety must be reflected also in the state of mind of the staff because for those of us who have kept all of our staff, every single striking team member is still here and we would like them to continue to be here because they have families, they have obligations. Also, the repercussions through the financial system is of great concern because if rents are not paid, if mortgages are not paid, um, then it puts pressure on the banking system. And once that starts to go, we're all in trouble because that's, that's not banks' money, that's depositors' money. And a lot of people are living off their savings. So if there's a liquidity crunch in the economy, we're all going to be in trouble. Oji says this is not alarmist, rather an opportunity for cooler heads to prevail in attempting to figure out what can be salvaged, changed, adjusted, and how the island can get on the right side of the ever-changing global economy. Working in separate camps is not the answer. We need to move, we need to move quickly, and therefore the only way to do that is combine our efforts, cut out all the middle people, cut out all the red tape, cut, just sit frankly with each other and let's, let's make a plan for our collective survival. And how does the ongoing state of emergency factor into this plan? According to Auger Treatise, it does not. He writes, quote, There is no emergency. If we want to welcome visitors to peaceful shores, we must end the SOE now. End quote. There is no health emergency in the country. Thank God we should be grateful. And let us use that opportunity now to move ahead. We need to leapfrog. We need to catch up. We need to save again. We need to work again. We need to invest again. We need business coming through the door. And so my principal problem with it is that it is an unnecessary curtailment of human rights and freedoms. Meanwhile, the independent senator has dismissed the current protocols, which require a policing of passenger arrivals. Oje believes the protocols are unrealistic and advises that they be abandoned. He says the onus is on the island to learn from neighboring territories and adopt best practices. Look at what is happening in Jamaica, which is working. Um, and then it, Jamaica is doing a pre-flight screening, which is voluntary. It's not voluntary. You have to do it, so it's part of your travel authorization. Um, it's six points. It, you can do it online, and you submit it, so that by the time you get to Jamaica, they have data on you, and they can identify whether you're high risk or not. I, um, I suspect also that if you are high risk, that you are not encouraged to board the flight in the first place. So there's a process of gradual elimination until the body actually reaches the body as in the life body, reaches your shores, by which time you've taken whatever precautions you reasonably can, and then you take more precautions which are now accessible to you on the ground. Oje says he was taken aback by the forthright letter sent out by Coconut Bay Hotel to over 400 employees made redundant on Wednesday, 10th June. He says the demise of the largest employer in the south of the island has sent ripples throughout the wider economy, compounded by additional layoffs at the Body Holiday and Marigo Beach Club. Oje is calling for greater consultation across all sectors, saying the island can no longer languish in the wilderness of uncertainty.
So how many people will it take to be on the bread line, literally? How many people will it take 10,000? Well, we already passed 10,000 since March because 15,000 people directly from the hotels were laid off. Will it take 20,000? We are over 20,000 already. When you add in the people whose businesses, like the restaurants, like the taxi drivers, all the bars, the barber shops and so on that are just starting to reopen, but have lost three months of income, the tire shop, and don't forget now you want to have licenses for the barbers, licenses for the ladies that are doing nails and hair and putting in a weave and whatever it is. All of that, the little clothing stores, everything. Folks, how much more can we take just so that a man can run an election and win because his popularity and is killing his own party so bad that we have to stay there and just puesa? That makes sense to you, St. Lucia? Right now, St. Vincent, an OECS island, is doing more testing than us much more testing, has one or two less cases than we do, and they never have had a shutdown, let alone a state of emergency, let alone a four-month extension of the state of emergency. But like Shastney himself told you, and we're going to open up the lines early, I'm letting you know right now, 5727588, we'll be opening up the lines in about two to three minutes. But folks, like Chastney told you, while everybody else is in St. Lucia is suffering, he's going to be all right because think about this, folks. Between himself and Guy, just think about the amount of money that they have made together in these last four years. Think of the amount of direct awards that have gone to their friends, have gone to their immediate families. Think about the fact that the direct awards, how they are calculated, we don't know. How they're estimated, we don't know. Think about the amount of them that can afford to give money at a telethon. That can just say, hey, Teo King, $212,000. No problem, he can give. Because at the end of the day, one passport being sold is $270,000. And he has all the money in an escrow account overseas. And we have no accountability with regard to that. So like I said, right now, if you kick Chastney out today... Chastney is sitting on tens of millions of dollars. And the day his father closes his eyes, God forbid, because I think Michael Chastney is a great solution, even if we have our political differences. Think of all what he stands to inherit. Everything from fisheries to all those government rentals of properties, all the land acquisitions. My God, that's winning lotto over and over again. So while you continue to suffer, Many people in silence, especially those who support in the party. Think about it. Even Shasta himself is telling you, everything is going to be all right, but for him. One thing, you know, Mr. DJ is supposed to be playing my song. <laughs> I know everything is going to be all right, but for me.
DJ. Yep. So, folks, let me give you an example of what's happening in St. Lucia and knowing that even when we want to help people, that we cannot even in many cases help ourselves. Folks, we have to join hands. And I keep saying, and I'm going to continue to say it, it's no longer about red versus yellow. That's a luxury that we had in the past. Differences of opinion in national development, methodology and strategy toward progress for all. It is now about wrong versus right. Here's your example. Trisha played it yesterday. And it, it hurt me in a sense. You know, if you've, even if you feel bad about your circumstance, listen to this. But um, Shaz may have the accordee if I may please tax on the bag. I see. Tax la, tax on Or register, souvle, souvle fried chicken, souvle Mm-hmm. 
Phone lines are open, 5727588. You have to stop and think, yeah? How many thousands of solutions are suffering? How many thousands of solutions can't pay their rent? How many thousands of solutions the landlords are having difficulties with the banks? You're having liquidity problems. Businesses are collapsing left, right, and center. Do I have to make a list? I have a list. I just haven't read it out. Do I have to do that? And when I do that, are you going to say that I'm just doing that because of politics? Is there not real pain and suffering going on in St. Lucia? But yet everything this government does has to be filtered through some sort of political lens that is even killing their own supporters off. People gave you a chance. They gave you all a chance. Every five seconds at every beck and call, corporate social welfare. Everything, you know, whether it's ring fencing, things that are getting us blacklisted, no problem. But when it comes to the poor, it has to be a spectacle, but done along political lines. So the boy scout, the, the scouts, right, and the, the cadets, giving out the cadet corps, giving out meals, you raise two and a half million dollars, you give Nancy, Nancy, to administer that, and you're having political hacks now trying to deliver meals while you're making sure to give hotels and restaurants like, wow, Coco Palm, to deliver meals all over the country. By the time the meals reach down south, the packages mash up and everything. Unsustainable, not even giving some of the little restaurants in the different communities the business to help feed the poor and do not underestimate all who are poor, all who can't buy medication, all who can't pay their light bill. How many people that cannot pay their flow or Digicel, pay their internet? Good afternoon, caller. Yes. Yes, caller, go ahead. Yes. Good, um, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, can I ask you a couple of questions there? Mm-hmm. First of all, what do you think about um, this? Cedric's response to his interaction with the television, and he sort of opting out to um, abort his participation. <laughs> I also want to find out... Wait, let's take them... Do you want me to take... Okay, well, you want to give me all? Okay. okay no, no. Oh, no, you could go ahead. I'll, I'll hold on. I'll ask you okay, question. well, pretty simply, I, like I said, I'm not, an, I'm not an organizer, and I was... When he made his announcement on the ground, I was on the other side of the venue with people all around me kind of a thing. Um, so I did not know at the moment, right, until he was getting into the vehicle. So that's part one. Um, but with regard to that, if he, as the organizer, um, applied and then was denied in the morning, then obviously if he chooses not to break the law, I can't hold anything against him for that. So what's your next question? Next question is, the police having captured you. Captured? Why is it the, allow, I mean, is the word proper? Maybe the, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Why is it they allowed the motorcade or whatever is the right word for it to proceed? Because a large amount of them passed through Labrador Village I was there at the time, you know, and they were some chanting, such numbers go. I think it's as a result of the experience that, um, you know, you're in contact with the police. 
No, 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 caller, you're conflating two different. There was a Black Lives Matter thing on the Friday, right? And oh, the, oh, no, no, no. And the suggested right, okay, drive around the island was on Sunday. Now, yeah, but what was the motive of this around the island drive? It was not Black Lives Matter. It was a really um, uh, anti-Shasni match. That's what it was? That, well, I, do, I, don't know, I don't like the word much if people are driving because oh, no, no, they sorry, sorry, socially drive, distance or, or, and all the rest of that. I, what, was, what was explained to me, which on what I promoted, was the general theme was Shasni must go. So I, that, that's what I see. I don't see any reason to apologize for that. I don't think it was purely a Black Lives Matter, although there maybe have been people interwoven in that. But, yeah. but um, what the question that you're asking is, why did it continue after I was... Yeah, why, yeah. Well, I'm interrupted. Okay, well, let me put it to you this way. That, that also proves the point because, first of all, it was, um, I, I, it was not started. It was not started by me. It was not about Richard Frederick, and it was not about me. It was about the people. So after I was picked up, I mean, for example, places like Viewfort, I never reached. Deriso, I had about 100 vehicles went in. This is the truest manifestation of the will of the people. So much so that they even bring in mind benders have been, the CMO just signed a letter allowing a mind bender, like a Cambridge Analytica person, an executive um, social scientist, consultant and i'll be dealing with that tomorrow to come in because of the how badly the government is being perceived so they have to start mind-bending techniques now yeah but let me ask you again mm -hmm. um if some if a, a group of people have to protest against the their dissatisfaction with the way government runs mm -hmm. and they have a legitimate and um, reason to protest why must they get permission from the very same government that they are against um, to, to I mean, a protest should be something spontaneous and automatic. And well, caller, here's, here's where this thing to me it morphed. I, as far as I understand it, and I'm not a lawyer, it is that you, the police are supposed to give you a reason if why you cannot protest. In other words, it's supposed to be a yes that they can turn into a no because they will tell you, okay, there's some traffic impediment there and ambulances need to be able to pass in that egress or something like that, or there's a hurricane watch or something like that, right? Now, my point mm -hmm. to you, I agree with you completely. We should not have to apply to, for, to the same people we may want to protest against. What I think they should do is just notify them that they intend to have a mass could make sure that, you know, security... Well, you see, caller, then now it calls into question, is the state of emergency being used to suppress democracy and dissent by the government? Is the government well, using that to stop, well, let's say, public servants from going on strike, to stop opposition I I forces? That. I yeah. foresaw that, because uh, the, the, uh, there was no legitimate reason why he should have instituted a, 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 a state of emergency. I agree, well... He could have instituted it in the. He could have instituted it in the beginning, and we can people can like the the opposition gave him the benefit of the doubt, although they expressed all their doubts. But at the end of the day, the four month extension, like somebody in Sufre said, the guy in Sufre, he said, you went to two weeks four times, and all of a sudden you're taking four months. Yeah, I the, I suspect the ulterior motive big time. And I think there is more to come. Yes, there is more to come. Wow, but Sanusha has never reached that 
We just have to make sure as bad as it has reached that we can make sure that it never happens again. This is about making sure that we make sure this dark days, these dark days in our history can never be repeated. Thank you very much, caller. Thank you. Yep, folks, I mean, everybody can see what's going on. It's a matter of what actions to take. And nobody wants to be on the other side of the law. And I will tell you, I want to say it again, folks. Do not make the mistake to believe that the police are in any way, shape, or form our enemies. All of the police, with the exception of one or two at the top, and they have their political biases, they're human beings, like everybody else. But the police are suffering as well as the rest of us. right? The police are getting it hard. I hold no ill will toward any of the police, and I'm not saying that because it's a politically correct thing to say. I genuinely know that people are doing their job. I respect that. And I think they are correct to follow orders because if the police start choosing, picking and choosing which orders they follow, that leads to societal breakdown. And then when to enforce things, it cannot work that way. But you can tell also that the police are very empathetic and sympathetic because they are going through many of the same things and unfortunately have to suffer in silence, whereas I may get the luxury of being able to speak out on a talk show like this. So that said, like I said, for me, it is one or two people at the top there and they are showing themselves clearly. They are showing their biases. They are showing their cognitive biases. They are showing. But the question is, what do we do? Because now, within this state of emergency, just like with COVID, we have to adapt. Like the Marines say, simplify, adapt to overcome. So the question is, what are we going to do? What's next? So people tell me, so Christopher, what are you going to do next? I'm, I'm, I'm game to do whatever is going to advance democracy and a revolutionary mindset that comes with reforms. How many of us are going to lobby the parties we support or the parties we don't support to make certain things part of their platform? And to figure out ways. For example, why couldn't an innovative lawyer, and both parties have lawyers, they're pregnant with, with lawyers who support their parties. Why can't both parties come up with draft legislation of their own, their lawyers, to have some sort of power of recall document? Since our Westminster system doesn't recognize parties, what about if MPs in different constituencies would sign some sort of a, 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 a binding document that if... For example, um, something happened like, you know, Ubolus comes back and he's jocking again. And you say, well, you know, you, you go around the constituency that he represents and you get 80% of the residents of the voters list from both UWP and Labour say that this person should be recalled. And you get that within a two-month period or whatever that that person should be made to resign. And why can't a party make that part of its platform to give it teeth? whether it's red, yellow, um, the new party or the old parties. Why can't we talk about these things? Why can't we do these things? Why can't we have, um, you know, the reforms that we want to see, like a set election date? It's interesting that Guy Joseph, I'll, I'll probably play that tomorrow, spoke about, you know, that um, having a set election date. But in the UWP manifesto, it promised that one of the things it would do was to have a set election date. These are the type of reforms that we need to talk about. But right now, St. Lucia, whether you are a party supporter of red or yellow, whether you are a government supporter, what about supporting yourself or the people in your neighborhood, in your community, in your church, in your sporting fraternity? Folks need help. We need stimulus. People need it now. 
They need it yesterday. They need it three months ago. $500 is not going to cut it for a small business owner. Nothing. The policy of Ayer and just Wepuchu is not working. The economy cannot work that way. Even if you gave people, like big, you give sandals and all them. Let's say you give all the hoteliers millions of dollars. They're not just going to turn around and just start saying, hey, staff, let me just give you all money. Something different and tactical needs to happen. Adrian Auger is right on point with it. So what is the problem, St. Lucia? What do we need to act? The country's already three quarters shut down any which way, but we are not acting. Chamber of Commerce, where are you? Where are you? Okay, I'm going to make a suggestion to the Chamber of Commerce. Right? Everybody that is a business or part of the Chamber of Commerce tonight... I want you to go and watch all videos related to Kenny Anthony. Right? Remember how Brian would speak out when Kenny Anthony was there. Right? And just take all of those videos and then send them to him and the rest of y'all so that y'all can see that if it was Kenny, just like if it was Philip Pierre or if it was, I don't know, Robert Lewis or whoever it is, how y'all would be acting now. It would be a shutdown like Plywood City 7982 would have happened already. Stimulus, something. Come on, break out of the psychosis because y'all are literally putting either your fear or intimidation with Shasne, who literally is at his weakest right now because right now he needs your votes. And y'all cannot figure out a way to leverage that into getting some sort of meaningful stimulus for the country. I don't get it, folks. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. We've gone beyond double standards. Now we are even double standard in ourselves. So Ojo Labs um, owner, he's still going to get good. In a COVID budget where we cannot do anything for the displaced workers in so many of these hotels, we have to send them to NIC. At the same time, Ojo Labs has a million, what, $1.7 million allocated in the budget. How on earth can that work? It doesn't make sense. How is it all Guy Joseph's projects are still going and Treasury still pursuing money, pushing out all kinds of money to all of the people? Mangal is getting his money. Fresh Start is getting his money. Nationwide is getting their money. And at the same time, the most that y'all can do is to give Nancy to have party operatives take meals from your selected hotels to go around the country and give people stale food. That making sense? Finally, Shasne copies Dominica and gives some grand provisions in a box and all of a sudden he's a hero? Does that make sense? Right now, this late in the game, you have not even interfaced with the restaurant owners in St. Lucia to the point where they should at least have had a stimulus already. Things that Philip Pierre, as the leader of the opposition, suggested at least two weeks before Shasne even spoke about it. I don't get it, St. Lucia. I don't get it. We have literally been put in a situation where we have no choice but to either stand up for ourselves or watch our families, our children, and ourselves, our communities, continue to atrophy, starve into death, and yet nothing for that. And we are all going to hold our breath and hope that he calls elections and that's going to save us. That's what's going to save us. You realize, Shasne could literally turn around tomorrow and say, I have an elections in August or July. I, I'll have elections January, February. What happens for the next four or five months? We just continue to go off the edge 
more businesses close and we just say, give the man a chance. Okay, Sir Lucia, it's up to you. Well, I've come to the end of my time and Lord knows I've vented ad nauseum for however long. Sir Lucia, we're at the crossroads. Make up your mind. An election is not going to save us. It would be nice. It would be good to change direction. It would be great if the UWP would get rid of the leader and the Prime Minister's Prime Minister, Guy Joseph. But all of these things are wishful thinking. And in the meantime, your children are still sucking salt. Your business is still there. Your tire shop is suffering. Your barber shop is barely getting back up to speed. What are you going to do? Your computer store, you cannot continue to pay people when there's nobody buying anything from you. Your little restaurant where the tourists used to pass. There are no tourists to pass. What are you going to do? How long can you drive a taxi on E? How long can St. Lucia run on empty? I don't know. Anyway, I try to leave you on a more positive note, or at least funny note. I want to ask KKRR, as I realize the UWP surrogate machine is on steroids right now, trying to figure out how to counter not Labour Party or opposition messages, but the abject of truth and reality that's on the ground. And even he seems to be conceding that Shastney will be out by next year. Or maybe I'm hearing wrong. You take a listen for yourself. That is why we're going nowhere. Everybody, every week is going on a joy ride. Our ministers are more outside than inside. And so, most of fair, them, most some, of well, them. Well, I've not been paying much attention, but it looks like some of them. Call and find out which one you can find in office right now. That's if they can get an acting prime minister. You know, I mean, you laugh, you laugh about it, but it's not, it's not funny, you know, because the business, and they say, okay, well, they go do the business of the people. How many of them go to meetings, those all-important meetings, and make a significant contribution? I don't know. I'm or not come in a position back to and come back, Or come back down and implement what they have discussed, or even share it with their technical officers. Who should be the ones attending those meetings in the first place? How many of them do that? It does not happen, Dave. Or it hardly, rarely happens. If you have it happening, it's one or two who do it. But it's not something that can be expected um, across the board. It, so, you, so you think the Prime Minister is traveling too much as well? I think all of them are traveling too much. But my specific question was the Prime Minister. Yes, he too is traveling too much. Mm. Have we, you told him so? No, I have not. I have not, not had the opportunity to tell him so. Why don't you? Well, probably. Call him up. Pro Email him. <laughs> What's up him? <laughs> I, I, I don't know if those messages will get to him. But I'm sure, I am sure, I am sure being here and, and, and through your, 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 your ages that, that it, it would get there. <laughs> no, but, but it, it is something serious that we need to address the business of our people. And we, we need to stop taking our people for a ride. You know, we need to stop taking them, you know, for a joke. So do you want, if you parry Alan Chastain mal on that phone, I hang it up on you. But right now, you are there with 451 people. Say hello before I hang up. Well, you know Alan Chastain will never be prime minister again. Oh, Clinton, 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 Clinton. I thought you loved Nicole. How can you say this? Say, Pamakifet. Alan Chastney had the right to fire you. How can you say? Listen, we'll not let you talk about my prime minister like that. You will not talk about my prime minister like that. I will refuse it and I will. <laughs> Clinton, you know I love you, but do not talk about my prime minister. I love Alan Chastney and Clinton Reynolds. You had a good job, 
but you had an affair with another girl and that's why you got fired. Kendan, I love you. I love you, Kendan. Kendan, I don't want you to talk about my Prime Minister. When I come to New York, we're going to have a good conversation. If you want to talk about the issue with the police affect arresting Richard, uh, what is the thing? But Papa, I'm a Prime Minister. Man. Because who Kendan Salah, you took my girlfriend this mascot away from me. I don't want to talk to you. How you doing, Kendan? Hey, <laughs> Yeah, all right, Kendan. This was my good friend Clinton Reynolds. I love him very much, but he cannot come into politics this year. It will have to be next year when Chastney finish. Next year when Chastney finish. When Chastney finish. Opinions expressed on this TV program by the hosts, co-hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions and responsibility of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of UTV or its affiliates.